Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming up on an emergency zero doinks, Bill and Dan talk about week one's loss to the Packers. Dan was there. He will give us a recap of his experience. Bill was not there. He'll tell you how it looked on the TV. Coming up, Zero Doinks, welcome aboard. Zero Doinks. Zero Doinks. Zero Doinks. Zero Doinks. Welcome back to a very special emergency Zero Doinks. A little post-mortem from week one's loss against the Packers 10-3. It was not pretty. We can all agree with that. Uh, you know, of course, I'm here with Dan, the other zero doinker, who was live on the scene. And Dan, tell me about your experience from pregame into the game. What was the atmosphere like? We're sharing a mic here. So sorry if this sounds real weird, passing it back and forth. So yesterday was a magical day pretty much up until 7 40 when the offense first came out onto the field. I don't know the exact time, but I got down there with Beasel. That's all, all we need to know. Uh, about, I think about 1.30 or so, so it was real early. We parked because we drove. I made Beasel drive me home because I was hammered. We went to the kickoff event, the party, uh, real weird. It was definitely, it wasn't weird. It was actually pretty cool. They had a big stage all around Buckingham Fountain there. They had a lot of like autograph stands, a lot of freebies. Give us your email. Give us your email and we'll give you these sunglasses. I'm like, not interested. Come take a picture with this frame around it that says, we ready. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was not interested in any of that stuff. But random, you know, uh, NFL Network was there. It got real close to Kurt Warner. I don't know if he heard me shouting, zero doinks. Also saw Michael Vick. Yep, no no dogs in sight. That was good. Uh, Also saw Jim McMahon. Rough, rough. So that was, we were there for maybe an hour just walking around. They had events like, uh, throwing a football in the nets, huge line for that. Loved watching the adult men stand in line for probably half an hour to throw one football into a net. I guarantee they thought there's probably scouts here. There's scouts here. I make it into the game tonight. Also a kicking event. I probably watched like, I would say it was probably a 15 yard field goal. I think I stood there and watched 20 people kick over 20. They were really bad. One guy, real cocky, took off his shoe barefoot, kicked it straight up in his, like almost hit himself in the head on the way back down. I was dying. So then we ventured down to the south lot. It's just getting long-winded. You want to chime in here? All right. Went down to the south lot to tailgate, had a lot of beers, got real ramped up then. Then we, uh, we actually got into the stadium early. We were worried about the crowd. So we got in probably a little before six, like it was, it was early. 
Um, this is another one of my favorite parts of the evening. They're giving away Ditka bobbleheads, one sitting right next to us. And how they do it this year, well, I don't know how they've done it in the past. I didn't even know that was a thing, that, that was, this was a promo. There was a guy in front of me who found out they give you a voucher when you get to the gate and you have to go stand in another line to get the bobblehead. This guy in front of me, he was probably in his mid-60s, losing his mind over this fucking bobblehead. I mean, okay. I mean, it was, it was, his overreaction was one of the highlights of the night for me. And he was with his son, like adult son. And I wanted to be like, bro, it's a fucking bobblehead. So yeah, all the way up to the crowd was electric. There were a lot, you know, a decent number of Packer fans, of course, but I felt like it was not as many as like even last year. Like there, people were amped up. The crowd was wild, and defense came out red hot, and then it all pretty much ended from there. And I would have loved to have seen that defense start. I was uh, uh, at a uh, a work event, an overnight, if you will, and let me just walk you through how how this went. So. We had a dinner scheduled that was supposed to be originally supposed to take us to like through 8.30. So I was already crabby going into this work event because of such things, right? Bad attitude. And uh, it was announced relatively early on Thursday that we're going to move everything up. So we'll get dinner done by kickoff. We'll, you know, have a place to watch the game and all that good stuff. So I am jazzed about that news. I am so pumped. It is great. I'm excited. We... Do a little happy hour as scheduled. It's running a little later than they said, and I'm already getting nervous. We sit down for the dinner at 6.15. I'm thinking, you know, I had it in my mind that, because it was at a different restaurant that was originally scheduled, so I thought, okay, maybe we'll just do bar food and then get the hell out of here. There is a three-course options and stuff on this menu, and I said, fuck, there is no way we're getting out of here by 7.15. So I start sinking back into my seat, totally defeated, thinking about... You know, I kept looking at my watch. I didn't not, not my watch. I haven't worn a watch since I was three. So <laughs> did I wear a watch when I was three? That'd be amazing. Uh, I kept looking at my phone, <laughs> and uh, you know, time was flying by. Of course, and I thought this this just sucks. We didn't actually didn't get served dinner until seven o'clock. I'm in an absolute panic. I'm sweaty. I'm crabby. I'm sure it was all over my face. When dessert was put in front of us, I thought, first of all, I don't eat dessert. I'm an adult. I don't need dessert. And so I get this cheesecake thing. It's, it's probably about 8 o'clock. I wish there was, hopefully there's video of me doing this. I ate this thing so fast with the spoon. I kept, like, banging my teeth with the spoon. I stood up. I finished it. I stood up, and I left unannounced, and I ran to my hotel room. When I got out, I got the hell out of there. And so I finally made it back just after the Packers had scored to make it 7-3 and uh, got my, my uh, Mitch Trubisky jersey on and, and uh, started throwing down some beers in the hotel room and started texting Dan, actually. So, Dan... The obviously the offense was terrible. Obviously the defense was not terrible. Um, it seemed like there's a fair amount of booing of the offense through the television. How it, it, was that reality? How was that experience live? I was. I it was. There was booing, which shouldn't happen. Fucking opening night, but it wasn't as bad as I. It was just weird. The whole night was just weird. It just felt. Gross. I don't, I don't know. It just, you know, the defense would come out. They'd get the air raid horns on, which gets me red hot. 
So the defense, you know, they do their business and the offense would come out and the crowd would just go dead. And you just kind of feel everyone's just like, what the fuck is happening here? I mean, I think Nagy was the biggest problem. The play calling was so weird. Uh, and Mitch, I don't know. I mean, this is a great day for for the Mitch haters, right? I mean, they can just pile on at this point. But yeah, there was some booing, but it I wouldn't it wasn't out of control. I mean, next home game, if this continues, it's gonna be real rough. But um, you know, I did Trey Burton didn't he didn't play. I I, I didn't know I didn't know that uh, even leading up to uh game time. Yeah, and it was so Dan and I were texting with with other uh loyal zero dinks <laughs> dinks zero doinks listen we should start calling this zero dinks. <laughs> And uh, so we were, I was updating Dan. It was in between, you know, my dinner and the and the uh, the previous announcement of an earlier dinner. And I had a little time off to myself and I was getting ramped up for the game. I was listening to Zero Doinks episode five. Sorry, apologies, by the way, with the original upload of episode five. That must have been an awful experience for the 26 some people that had to listen to that horrible garbage. I apologize if you got to the end of that and you realize that we were yet again burying Cedric Benson, basically. R.I.P. That must have been so confusing. My drunk ass uploaded the wrong outro <laughs> a couple nights ago at 2 in the morning when I was trying to get this up for your consumption, public. So it's my fault. My bad. Anyway, um, so I was texting Dan uh, Trey Burton updates from at Brad Biggs on Twitter saying that he's out there, he's going through some routes and he's blocking and then they, everybody just fist bumped each other and went back in the locker room. So it was very confusing. So to me, I think the diagnosis is he's close to being ready. He might have been ready on Sunday, but he, they didn't want to risk it on Thursday, which is crap. If he doesn't play Sunday, then might as well just burn the whole place down because apparently we can't do anything without Trey Burton in that offense. Yeah, and Shaheen, you know, he did nothing. He had a big drop uh, in the red zone. Was that in the third quarter? Yeah, was that right before we went to first and forty? Or that? I mean, it was just sloppy all around. And actually, this is just—I just remembered this. The outside of the booing, the thing I heard most of just random people sitting around me and in the bathrooms. I peed a thousand times because I have a tiny bladder. Just a little insight there on me, but. It was a lot of the talk is like, oh, the starters don't play in the preseason games. Maybe they should play in the preseason. It was a lot of that. And that's, you know, the chatter today on the score and ESPN radio. It's all hovering around that. And I'm not going to lie to you. There's there there was a part of me last night that was kind of like, maybe it's not a horrible idea. I don't know. I don't totally agree, but it felt sloppy, like especially the line play. From a line play perspective, I agree. From a play, from getting a play in and all that stuff with delay delays of game and stuff, that's probably legitimate. Chris Collinsworth went off on it last night. I know, yeah, and he was he's apparently Mister Preseason. It was very annoying. So, but I do, yeah, it, I I get the instinct of saying maybe it wouldn't be a horrible idea, but then I do think also, you know. The Rams are doing this exact same thing. The Rams made the Super Bowl last year without having to do anything. And if it's part of September is going to be our preseason, which is dangerous considering the schedule. Um, but it's just a reality that I think Nagy's not going to change. And it's probably we're still healthy. We're healthy as hell. Long term, it's for the best. Short term, obviously, it blows. 
Yeah, passing the mic. Real awkward. Hopefully there's a lot of muffled muffled hand uh, motions. I don't know why you'd hear hand motions. Oh, I, the thing that worried me last night, and this kind of was a theme last year, there's just moments where Nagy is, just gets too cute. Like the Cordell Patterson, one yard, was third and one, just jamming him in there. It's just, it's, fuck, I don't care if Bradley Sowell is in there. Patterson should be one of the last guys to do it. And Tariq Cohen not getting any fucking carries is crazy. So I don't, that's a concern. I mean, getting cute with the offense, it seems like maybe we need to dumb it down a little bit for Mitch. It was clear as day from where I was sitting, he was, miss, he was missing open receivers. I mean, a lot easier for me to see it. I don't have giant linemen chasing me around. But I'm trying to think of a play. I think it was a, I think Mitch was maybe rolling left and Allen Robinson was right behind the marker wide open. They show it on TV. And he was kind of, he was waving his hands and it was like, oh, that's like high school shit right there that you should see that you should see that open guy. I don't know if he just panics and he just, he stares down one guy. I don't know. I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts of the, the, how worried you are about Mitch in particular. Yeah, I, uh, I'm team Mitch all the way as if you've listened to pre, uh, previous episodes of Zero Doinks, also follow us at Zero Doinks anywhere you'd like. Um, it was a little concerning. My my mind went to a dark place a couple times last night, thinking, "Oh my God, maybe maybe Mitch isn't going to be good." I'm sure we all thought that, but then I sit back and I think, "Okay, let's chill the hell out." It's it, it meant a lot more last night because it's opening day. It's the Packers. We're zero and one for the sixth straight year, so it's frustrating as hell. So, if this is a theme all year. Of course, it's logical to make that leap legitimately. It's I'm not ready to go there quite yet. Um, I, you know, I, I totally agree with dumbing it down a little bit, though. With and it, whether it's Mitch or whether it's not, whether it's just general play calling, way too fucking cute. Just they ran the ball twelve times, twelve times, and it was a one possession game the whole the whole game, and they just invested a ton in the backfield. So what are you doing? What are you doing in that regard? Also, I do want to say, too, and we hate to ever do this, but you got to give the Packers' defense some credit. They were actually really good. They, the Both tackles for the Bears were jumpy all night because they couldn't stay in front of their fucking guy that was coming around the end. Uh, the, the defensive backfield for the Packers looks really good, and they're, and they're very young. So that so. That is part of it, too. Maybe we're also not giving the Packers credit because it's one game. We have no context for that whatsoever. Maybe the, maybe the Packers will be a top-ten defense here. You never know. So, But that sounds like excuse-making. Mitch was fucking terrible. Nagy was fucking terrible. And that has to change. Otherwise, it's going to be a very disappointing year. You hold Aaron Rodgers at 10 points, you got to fucking win the game. There's nothing else to it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers looks like shit outside of that one drive, which you can't be critical of the defense, but that drive was weird. The long pass, Mac was out, and there was a lot of uh, Bush on that play. So, Why was Deion Bush? First of all, there shouldn't be a lot of Bush anywhere these days. It's 2019, second of all. What, do we, does anybody know why Haha ha was not in for both the uh, the touchdown pass to Jimmy and that huge gain prior? I was I was I was having cheesecake in my mouth at the time. I didn't see it. I was shoving cheesecake down my gullet. I don't know. I think I think uh, maybe we were listening to the same thing on the score and they um, Rich Campbell. Oh yeah, 
and he said that he, that was like something he was going to bring up during the presser, and of course he, I'm sure he didn't that big pussy, but it, yeah, the Packers defense was solid. Our defense was fucking awesome. I mean, they sacked Rodgers five times, I believe, and they were like legit sacks. And I think some of that was coverage, yeah, <laughs> legit sacks. I mean, they weren't like, they were covered, you know, they were, it's good. I don't know. It's just bullshit. And I saw the deep, none of the defense spoke last night, right, to reporters. So none of them spoke, which just says like, the, the Bears PR is like, ooh, we need to just let them lay low. Because I could see Akeem Hicks saying, what the fuck was that? And I, I was actually, I was ready to hear what they had to say about it. Because if they went into that locker room and just punch Nagy and Mitch in the gut, they 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 deserved it. And I'm kind of sick of this shit with Nagy like taking the, all the blame. Like, oh, I didn't help Mitch. I didn't help Mitch. With, you know, what have you been doing all summer? Like, we had all summer to prepare for this, and you just shit down your leg. And that's something that's got to be put on Mitch. I mean, it should. And Mitch is like, this is on me. It's like, stop having a fucking pity party and figure it out. And I mean, this, this week, I mean, this, this week has gotten weird now going to fucking Denver. Who do you think knows all of Mitch's tricks? Vic fucking Fangio. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm more, I thought I'd feel better today. And I think I feel a little worse, but my favorite, absolute favorite thing is to turn on the score and hear the callers Two of my favorites today. Uh, the first one was, and this was a texter. I think it was Mully and Haw. Ryan Pace should be fired before he can give Mitch an extension. That was that was solid goal. And they were making fun of that. Like we're all on the same page there. And then I did you hear the guy on Bernstein that uh, he said we're hitting the panic button already and time to bring the backup in. He didn't even know who the backup was. He just said, bring the backup in and brought up the Mahomes and Watson thing. Like, oh, we blew it. You know, that type of shit. Just stop it with the revisionist history, people. Here was my favorite thing, Dan. And this, this, is, a, this is, like we were saying, an emergency post-game zero doing. So we're not having all the features, i.e. see me after class. Here was my favorite thing, though, this morning, 7.43 a.m. from at Dan Wiederer. He took it upon himself to pat himself on the back, looking to get sucked off left and right, okay? He said, quote, I wrote these two things a month ago and took a wild barrage of criticism from many who wanted to guzzle the Kool-Aid without reading the ingredients label, unquote. And then he had two paragraphs from a previous article he wrote that I'm sure nobody read because who gives a shit about Dan Weeder? It's like, Dan, then the two paragraphs had to do with basically this could be an up-and-down season for Mitch, and, you know, the defense might not quite be as good as last year. Maybe this season won't be. It, it was a bunch of, like, qualified analysis that could go either way, so he's never going to be proven right or wrong because of that article. But, Dan Weederer, this morning is not the time to rub one off in front of all of us Bears fans. Like, just shut up. It's, oh, God, he is such a shit-stirring troll. He is under my skin. So he made me feel really bad this morning when I woke up, but I, I actually do feel a little bit better, like, because the defense was so good. I think that's part of it, right? And we're still healthy also coming out of it. it you know, I would have felt awful last night if, if that happened and then we lost, like, two of our best defenders or something. So it's a, it's a low bar to be jumping, I realize, but we still lost by seven to probably a pretty good Packers team. Uh, and our offense might as well have not been in the stadium. So we 
we have a shot to not be terrible is what I'm trying to say. Damn it. We should be okay. We should be okay. We did this last year. I See, I think the Packers look like shit. I don't think they're going to be very good. I, I don't know. I mean, Rodgers Rogers looked bad, and maybe that's a product of him not playing the preseason. I'm not, I'm not going to harp on that. Who gives a shit? Anyone that's, anyone that's still talking about the preseason, you're a fucking loser. <laughs> Grow up. It is what it is. I mean, I, I, I'm trying. I was thinking last night comparing it to last year, and that loss and that was more devastating, but we lost to Rodgers. Like, he just, he did his thing, and we had no expectations last year. So this one felt, feels, this one feels way worse. I mean, we're all blowing ourselves. We're, hand up, we're very much guilty of that. I mean, <laughs> trying to find losses on a schedule was very hard, and here we are at 0-1. But, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, I think, I will be okay. I know. I remember another team that went fifteen and one. Do you remember that team? <laughs> Super Bears, Super Bowl, Bears. Um, I, a few things I forgot about about the game in general. I'm jumping around here. Uh, the there were paratroopers that jumped out of a plane that landed on the field. Was awesome. That's never really gets me going. I think I had just enough beers that I was revved up for it. Last guy with a giant American flag had like sparks flying out of it. Oh, baby. And then almost immediately after that was Jim Cor- Corlison. Oh, yeah. Cor- is it Cornelison? Oh, so many Blackhawks fans want to punch me in the face. He sang the national anthem. That was electric. Um, yeah. Oh, one more. I got a concession update for you. Uh, this is Dan's concession corner. So right by our seats, there's, I think it's probably the, like one of the worst concession stands in on the east side of the stadium. I'll say that. They, the top item is a chicken sandwich, like has like bacon and shit on it. It's literally like their number one item, like a featured item. I'm there an hour and a half before kickoff. I go up there and order one. Yeah, we don't have those. What the fuck? The manager came over like she could just tell I was dis- I was like fake disgusted. I'm like, how do you run out of those already? She's just like, I don't I don't have them. That's just what I told you. But I do have an update. Beggar's pizza way better. They clearly I was eating a preseason slice and they just hadn't gotten their shit together. Beggar's pizza. You're back. Right. You did it. You did it. That's good. Well, and I'm pumped to throw some pizza in my mouth at the next Bears home game, which is uh, against the Vikings after going at Denver next week and then at Washington in week three. So that'll be interesting. So we will be previewing the Broncos game uh, during next week's Zero Doings, episode seven. This is episode six. That's very exciting. Um, we'll talk all about Fangio and how nervous we are about what he could do to this offense. So that'll be that'll be great. They're playing. Denver's playing at Oakland uh, on Monday night, actually. So that'll be, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. So short week. So maybe, maybe a little reason for optimism. I uh, just saw a tweet that Antonio Brown might actually play now. What? I mean, John Gruden is weird. Um, that, I mean, what a surprise that is. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to beggars pizza, looking forward to getting over the pain of this bears loss. And, um, you know, looking forward to seeing other teams not look great this weekend. That'll make me feel a little better too. Because we've just seen two teams, and like you said, both of them didn't exactly look very good. So hopefully it's a product of opening season? (laughs) Maybe? Possibly? I love that. I love bringing that back. Uh, So next week we will do 
We'll try. We'll do for the second time, but the first time for your ears, Bears Fantasy Corner, where we pick a Chicago Bear that you must start. Uh, it was a disaster because of horrible audio job by me, horrible editing by drunk 2 a.m. Bill. Um, so that was taken away from your ears. <laughs> uh, I did. I was just looking at some at some next gen stats from Buzz from no 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 from Buzz Sprout. Not real NFL stuff. Not real. Um, and thank you to those that have actually given us a second chance with the latest episode. Our friend in Mexico is back. Cancun, he, yes. they double dipped Cap Bozo on vacation in, in Cancun. Can't get enough. It's zero doinks. It's so great. And our friend in, uh, in England was back. Yeah. So, uh, that, so that's good. Thank you for sticking with us through our, through our audio issues. I have not seen the Philippines reemerge. So hopefully last week's ad or last episode's ad, tugged at their heartstrings and didn't insult them. So give it another spin that was meant with pure respect, okay? Um, and we're not going to go to Ameristar ever again, I think, is a conclusion, too. That's, I ripped up that ticket so hard. It felt great. It felt awful, but great at the same time. Do you have a thought on that, Dan? Yeah, this, that may be the biggest positive of this week is not having to go back to the Ameristar. But we haven't talked about Rick Fieldsman's prediction. Oh, no. He hit... He said the Bears will score three points. We shit all over him for that. He nailed it. He didn't know how any of it worked, but he, he hit the number exactly. So, yeah, but he also said the Bears were going to cover somehow, and I asked how that would work. This was offline, and he said the Packers would have negative nine. So we're, we'll give him credit still. But, yeah, but definitely the biggest highlight is never having to go to fucking East Chicago, Indiana the rest of my life. Although I heard you may go there for a second honeymoon, actually. No, that's not true. Okay, not true. Thought, you know, I don't know who told me that. Um, anyway, thanks for joining us for a very special emergency zero doinks. We will talk to you probably midweek next week where we will preview Bears Broncos. We'll go over a few things about uh, how we're feeling, see if we're feeling a little bit better a week later or not, if we're going to feel worse. We, we don't know. So all we know right now is Matt Nagy is... He's got to prove it. Mitch has to prove it. And uh, for us to ever trust either of them again, but they can win us over very easily, I bet, by beating the Broncos. So we'll, we'll talk more about that. I'm not going to get ahead of ourselves. This has been Zero Doinks. We love you. Follow us at Zero Doinks. Join us again soon. Thanks for listening. Uh, bye-bye. Zero Doinks. Doinks. <laughs>